Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Hilco Homes podcast. Uh, on this episode, it's the, I guess we're calling it the Thanksgiving episode. Got a couple of the acquisitions partners with us, so stay tuned. So this is the uh, Thanksgiving podcast Woo! episode. So I'm only calling it the Thanksgiving episode because it's Thanksgiving week, and um, we're going to change up the format a little bit. Normally, we sit around and talk about, uh, have a guest here and talk about stuff with wholesale real estate, and we're still going to do that. But um, this time around, we got some of the acquisitions partners here with me. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. We're going to go. You can't see it, but from my perspective, I'm, I have three of them sitting across from me. We're going to go right to left, my right to left. So let's start with Adriel. Uh, this is Adriel Ramos, acquisitions partner and media guy. This is Ayla Melendez, uh, acquisition partner. Hello, everyone. This is Anthony Noriega, acquisitions partner here at Hillcoal Homes. All right. So we have some of the acquisitions partners here with us. And on today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about how um, our year has gone, what's what's in the future for the remainder of the year, and uh, some of our goals for uh, next year, for 2020. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe that we're already at the end of, or close to the end of 2019. We got just about a month left. Uh, I mean, excluding holidays, so like Thanksgiving and Christmas, of course. And um, that's really, we, we only have like, what, three and a half weeks? You went by so fast. Yeah. So um, let's, let's chat a little bit about this year. Like um, Anthony and Ayla, you both started with Hilco this year, actually fairly recently. So how's it been with your time here at Hilco so far? It's been great. I mean, I started in September, September 4th first or second and I mean I've learned so much you know sometimes I feel like it's overwhelming but it's like so much knowledge that can help me into the future and especially with my career since I do want to be a real estate investor and I want to live off of my assets so yeah it's, it's been great great experience what about you Eva? Um, I started October 16th and um, I've learned a lot as well. And my biggest thing is getting out of my comfort zone because I'm very shy. And I know that here, you know, you're just kind of thrown into a lot of things. So I'm learning that. Uh, I do want to do like my own fix and flip at least one next year as soon as possible. Okay. Um, maybe if it's like a group project or by myself, but I do want to do that. And I want to learn more about multifamily as well. Okay, cool. And Adriel... Um... How's, how's your year been so far? It's been Ooh. a wild ride. <laughs> but, you know, through all the ups and downs, I was able to learn a lot and really um, take away uh, experiences, good and bad, uh, preparing myself for the next couple of years ahead of me. So, yeah, so for those of you who are listening, um, we actually last week uh, released an episode um, where uh, a Hillco Stories episode. Um, from a conversation I had with Adriel about his very first uh, successful transaction. Um, so Adriel's been with us for a couple of months now, and um, we 
talked about a contract that took nearly four months to close and pretty much at every step of the way there was some kind of obstacle it's like like you he would get somewhere and it's like all right we're making progress and then it's like two steps back Mm -hmm. um but uh so check that episode out it's definitely one for the books on uh lessons learned and uh, just being adaptable um now anthony you also had a contract closed right yes i did so what was that process like process was magnificent it went so smoothly that i was like wow this can (laughs) really be done this quick you can't always have anthony's smooth (laughs) where do you get the lead from so yeah you know actually i got the uh, lead from um the individual that used to rent out a property to my grandma for 26 years wow yeah my grandma's landlord for 26 years nice yes So, um, yeah, I, I talk about this a lot when it comes to the world of real estate. Um, anything can happen and anything will happen. Every deal is different. So you mm-hmm. just have to be prepared. Um, you know, one of the goals I had for this year was um, to do some more wholesaling of my own. Um, just because, like, like, as you guys know, like, I have a lot of things going on. Yeah. For, for the listeners that you, you may not know, um, you know, you probably only know me as the host of this show and being uh, the systems guy and the, the media the guy scenes. kind of in the background. But um, I actually have multiple businesses. One of them is in consulting, and um, I also do media production and a variety of other things. Um, so at the beginning of the year, a lot of my focus was on building up that side of my of my activities and, and really helping Hillco grow from the like data perspective. But um, one of the, the things I wanted to change about that coming into this year from last year was that I didn't do any wholesaling last year. So this year I was like, I- I'm going to do some contracts. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I have to say, um, I haven't been really good about being on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did close one deal and that one was a, it was kind of just a lucky fluke kind of thing. You know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah it, it just, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And, <laughs> That's what it comes down to. It. Um, but that one, uh, came from our deals email. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, someone had seen us on Facebook and they emailed us and they said, Hey, I have a property. I, I want to say it was in Pleasanton, mm-hmm. Texas. Mount and... Pleasanton? No, no. Pleasanton <laughs> is like south, southwest oh, of San Antonio. Oh, yeah. And, um, and they said, well, I have a, this contract, uh, on a, on a property. I was going to flip it, but I can't right now and I need to wholesale it, but I've never done wholesaling. So I need, I need help. And, uh, and like the email came in and I, it was one of those things like I had, I had just gotten to the office. Like, um, I had a doctor's appointment, so I got in at like 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and I'm, I opened up my computer and I, and like, as my email refreshes, that's like the first one that's there. Mm-hmm. And it says like uh, wholesaling help. And like, I clicked on it and I read it <laughs> and like, I, oh, <laughs> and I emailed her and responded from my Hillco email. So the deals email, mm-hmm. um, uh, cause I, I knew if she responded to the deals email, no one would see it and it would mm-hmm. get like lost and all the other stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, I reached out to her, um, and I was like, Hey, we can help you. Like how much time is left on the contract? And she's like two days. And I was like, okay, well <laughs> we need to get a new contract because they had it written up with, uh, her as the end buyer. And there wasn't like 
um, the ability to reassign it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, just get a new contract. We'll put it for 30 day closing. So we got it under contract. Um, the numbers were fine. Um, you know, we had a, a, a decent enough margin. And at the time, Alex was doing dispositions. And I was like, hey, Alex, do we have anybody that buys in, in Pleasanton? He's like, no, man, like, like nobody buys in small towns. And I was like, you know what? The, the numbers are good. Just put it out there. Just blast it. And he's like, all right, man, whatever. He's like, I'll, I'll do it. And then literally like 20 minutes later, he walks into the office, into my office. And he's like, bro, I have someone who wants to buy it. And, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, you're, you're not pulling my leg. He's like, no, man, this guy is like legit. He, he's ready to buy. Like we just have to make sure his financing lines up and he's ready to close. And I was like, all right. So then wow. we, and I think it was like 22, 23 days later that we closed it. And like, I didn't, there was nothing else that I had to do on my part because like uh-huh. the whole, the wholesaler had, uh, when they got it under contract, they had already done their due diligence. They had already had the contractors like do the walkthroughs. Like yeah. they were going to do it as a flip. They just couldn't finish it. So, um, the new investor came in, took it over and I mean, everybody was happy and it was just like one of those things like, you know, it just like the stars aligned j- just right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, that I was able to make that wholesale deal happen, even though it was uh, a co-wholesale deal. Um, and I haven't had a whole lot of luck with, uh, getting my own leads and doing a wholesale deal just because of my time commitment. Like, um, for you guys, like that's all you do all day is you know come in and work your leads. But like I, I don't have that luxury to like you know go out there find my own stuff, do the uh, skip tracing and things. So and that's part of the reason why I'm focusing on apartments right now because apartments um, they take a whole lot longer. It's a it's a, a, a different process and yeah. that works for me in my schedule because it's like oh, I have a two week follow up on this thing and you know that's that's appropriate, you know, so I can go do my other things and focus on that and then come back and, you know, pick up where I left off. And, but, um, so that's what you're looking forward to 2019, just bringing more deals like that, staying busy, but efficient on your time. Yeah. So I've actually been, uh, developing techniques with social media to, uh, bring me more, um, co-wholesale deals Mm -hmm. and and i've kind of talked about this on a few of the other episodes but not a whole lot in depth and um i really haven't like discussed it with the team because i want to do like proof of concept first Mm -hmm. um like i've gotten a lot of ema contracts Uh, for those of you who are listening ema e-i-m-a stands for equitable interest marketing agreement Um, and that's a document that we use internally it's kind of a agreement between us and the other wholesaler that they're, they are giving us permission to market their uh, their contract, even though at the time we are not party to it. If we find a buyer, then they reassign it to us, and then we then reassign it to the end buyer. So now it's a, a double assignment closing. Um, and, but uh, like I've been working on doing stuff on social media and reaching out to other people who have contracts that they haven't been able to sell. And a lot of these people, um, they're, they're wholesaling on their own. You know, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't have a team. They don't have a big buyer's list. They don't have a dispositions person. So, you know, that's, that's something that, that we can leverage because it's like, Hey, we, we have a buyer's list and we have you know, now three people working dispositions. So, you know, if you are open to it, you know, let us take a look at the contract and try to sell it for you in exchange, we'll do a, a fee split. So I've been working a little bit on that. And I, right now I actually have like 
five emas I'm working on. Um, one of them may pan out, but it's kind of a long shot because we don't have a whole lot of buyers in Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, hey, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, uh, I'm still I'm still learning it and figuring it out and moving on the way. But uh, the other thing that has been working well is getting apartment leads, you know, uh, off-market apartments. That's kind of the big thing because once a broker is involved, it's a little more difficult because the broker is already pushing it out there to a bunch of people. And most of the apartment buyers have already seen it. But um, in terms of goals, um, what, are you, what are your guys' individual goals like with Hilco in, in terms of what you're doing as an acquisition person and what you are doing personally as, as an investor? Like what, what do you want to accomplish going into 2020? Yeah, I mean, I, I could start off. Uh, I just want to get better with my time just a big part of just managing multiple things at the same time mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's definitely where I, I need to see some improvement mm-hmm. and more of on accountability you know having a deadline and meeting the deadline no matter what yeah. you know is going on so that's just a personal goal I have for myself as far as investment sides yes I'm looking to grow as much capital as I can to maybe get into my first residential or rental property or like Ava mentioned maybe we can all come together make a flip happen you know that's something cool yeah, um that's yeah, what i look forward fun. to oh yeah i mean it'd be more than fun in. that'd be great <laughs> we'd all pitch in yeah yeah we, we all could pitch all go swing hammers yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but, we'll, swing, we'll swing the same hammer at the same time that brings up a good point then i want to get better at documenting everything yeah uh, like like if we make that happen that's a video right oh. there you know us going out there to swing hammers and, <laughs> yeah that'd be cool you know but, <laughs> let's plan it what about you guys <laughs> Um, I need to get better at marketing myself because I don't really do that much whenever it comes to wholesaling. Um, I want to learn more about dispositions as well because right now I'm in acquisition. So I want to learn more about that. Uh, Again, with the fix and flip or all of us doing it. Um, I want to learn like all aspects of real estate. But uh, with wholesaling specifically, I do want to get better at dispositions so I can just work a deal from beginning to end by myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anthony? Now, what I want to get better at, let's see. I mean, of course, I want to get better at just bringing numbers together, bringing numbers together and um, seeing how much being really accurate on my repair cost okay. so that I, I know when it's a deal like from mm. from from day one, you know, so you want to get better at like eyeballing, so. eyeballing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um you know, because that, that saves so much time. We uh, Sometimes we overlook that, mm-hmm. and we get so far into the process, we're like, no, bro, this th- thing needs more rehab <laughs> than what you said and what, you yeah. know? So I'm trying to, I really want to get better at that. Um, ultimately, I want to get better at um, locking deals up, you know, two to three contracts a month. Um, and uh, my goal for 2020 is to jump into a uh, quadplex and live in it. So that I can have some cash flow, of course, put a good down payment so that my monthly payments or my mortgage payments um, aren't that much. And I can uh, basically live with a no payment um, and just to have some leverage, a safety net, maybe 20K in the bank. So if anything goes wrong, I can uh, always look back at that and be like, okay, I got this much money saved up. 
and I feel like my drive and how much I want it will take me there. And I know, actually, I know it will. Um, not to sound cocky or anything, but uh, that's pretty much for 2020 is what I have in lined up. Cool, cool. So I think, um, at least for all of us, you know, we've already started thinking about that process and thinking about where we want to be. Yeah. Um, really, the next step is putting that into concrete terms and putting like deadlines. That way, you can work backwards and and actually have like clear action steps of what needs to be done. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you guys too. You know, from the investing side, like I definitely need to build my my rental portfolio. Um, and, uh, like this year, my goal was to get two to five doors mm -hmm. and I got two doors, but not the way that I thought I would, you know, like at the very beginning of the year, uh, after tax season, uh, my wife and I, uh, went to, um, uh, apply and get qualified for, uh, for a home loan because we were going to buy either a duplex or a fourplex or a triplex, you know, one, one of those we wanted to get. Uh, a multifamily uh, house that would qualify, you know, with traditional financing or like FHA or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that way we could do that. You know, we could live in one unit, rent out the others and have the rent, you know, help cover the cost of the mortgage. Um, but we had this uh, issue where because uh, I'm like entirely self-employed um, and I chose to write off a bunch of stuff on my taxes um, on paper um, according to the IRS, I only had like $12 of taxable income for all of last year. So they're like, well, you don't make enough, sir. And it's like, well, shoot. Well, now I, now this for this year, my goal was, okay, I have to increase my revenue by like at least 20%, which I, I was able to meet. Nice. Um, and then, uh, when it comes to taxes, I have to not write off as much. <laughs> and that way I can, I can show on paper that, yeah, you know, I, I have more income and I can qualify for better terms, um, to, to do that. But, you know, in that process, um, I don't even remember how it happened, but it came up where my wife and I were like, you know, we live in a three, uh, a three bedroom house and the other two rooms are not being used. Like, what if we rent one of them? And we're like, okay, well, let's try it. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, we, and we went through that process of like vetting potential renters and, mm -hmm. uh, cause we wanted someone that obviously is, you know, we're comfortable with and that, you know, we have our dogs and we want to make sure that, you know, they're good with dogs or they, you know, they won't do anything to them and stuff. And that was probably our biggest concern. Um, and we were really lucky to find a renter and she has, uh, two dogs and, um, yes. and then it also works out really well because she works like a night shift. So mm -hmm. like when, when we're at home, it's just us, like it's like, there's no real change in, yeah. in our, our daily, you know, routine it's just now we have some extra income and there's another person you know living in in, in our house mm -hmm. and then i think literally like a month and a half later um her sister flies in from california is like hey i'm like starting over from scratch i need a place to live and she's like well why don't you come like live with me and you know you, the, the people that are renting have another bedroom and we were like yeah we'll, we'll rent to the bedroom so then we ended up having two renters and that's where we're at now and they've, they've both been really great you know that's awesome. um i mean yeah the the space is a little cramped because there's not a whole lot of storage mm -hmm. um but uh you know it, it it's working for everybody and you know considering like I didn't have to like go oh, yeah. leverage anything, like go into debt or like borrow or, or do anything and just mm -hmm. use what I, I already have. And I'm, I think we're bringing in like 600 a month from rents yeah. on, on both. So it's like, 
I'm making about what I would have made if I would have done two rentals anyway. Um, and, uh, and so like that, that's worked out, you know, I, I met our goal. Um, and for next year, like this, it's the same thing. You know, I want to, I want to be able to add more, more renters to, to my portfolio, but obviously I'm tapped out at my own house. So I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that, but you know, that means I have to go and find another, another property, either a duplex or fourplex or something. Um, but, but we'll see, you know, like my, my focus for next year is to do uh, a lot more on the apartment side and get Hilco more active in the apartments and both me and Alex are working on that. And right now we have a pretty solid potential deal. It's like a, a portfolio of four apartments, like a total of like 500 units. Um, like if we could do that. That'd be pretty freaking awesome. But, um, my like concrete goal is close successfully on a apartment like contract. That's a hundred plus units every two months. Every two months, nice. Yeah, so six deals for the whole year, and, and I think I can I, I can do that. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that that's that's doable. Um, now, in terms of like wholesale activity, um, you know, all of y'all kind of had like generalized goals. There's things you want to get better at in terms of skill, and that's a little harder to like put a deadline to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't you can't really quantify that. Like, how do you know that you've gotten better at dispositions mm-hmm. or how do you know that you've uh, gotten better at time management? I mean, I'm sure there's things you can do to kind of measure yourself, but it's not, it's not as like straightforward as saying yeah. uh, my income goal is like add another 30,000 on top of what I'm making right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what are your uh, individual goals in terms of wholesaling and investing for next year? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I would say it's, a, it's along the same lines of as far as wholesale, just get proficient at maybe seeing three or five successful transactions a month, you know, very mm-hmm. consistent in that. I, that's, I think that's pretty realistic. And in um, back on the goal setting thing, I, I remember when on my previous job, when they were talking to, uh, about us about setting goals and how you, a, a big part of it, you setting the goal and it achieving it is how you write it down and Mm -hmm. so it's not more of goal one um feed my dogs today that's it you know uh it's more of okay goal feed my dogs today and that will be completed by this date Mm -hmm. and so you own yourself to accountability accountability, accountability, exactly and so uh when i did that for my last job i was starting out as a as a previous rep like a, as a brand new sales rep and I put on my goals like reach manager position by like and I was like well, let's say four or five months I was like that sounds that sounds pretty nice so I wrote that down <laughs> I was like by June and then sure enough like May they were like asking people you know, hey we're gonna start interviewing and do all that other stuff and I was like oh shit that actually works <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah I mean so I'm trying to take those concepts into real estate and wholesaling okay I'm gonna be efficient in getting five to plus deals per month or you know get really great at producing content Mm -hmm. uh so with me like okay i'll film so much content and uh and make it a goal to have something going out at least every day one piece of content every day with others scheduled out yeah yeah that's i don't know that's a big goal for me that's good guys (laughs) 
Um, well, I think everything minor you do leads up to something bigger. So I want to have like weekly goals. So like my overall monthly goal, like I want to get paid weekly. So I know that I need to be taking the steps to where I can get at least four contracts a month. So mm-hmm. I need to be bringing in a certain amount of leads per day, per week, per walkthroughs. Like I want to have goals so tiny to where it leads up to the bigger goal. Mm-hmm. Like everything small that you have to do to get a contract, I want to maximize it. So it's like constant, literally at least one contract per month. So I'm closing one per week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony? Nice. And then like I said, you know, um, Ayla just touched up on it. Um, she said that she kind of wants to um, commit to small goals so that she can lead into getting paid the following week. And that's where I want to touch base on. I mean, she's at four to five. I'm at three. So I need to step up my game on what can I do in order to do four or five as she is. Um, also, like I said, putting a down payment on the quadplex, that's something I definitely am going to do in 2020. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I want you all to hold me to it. Each and every one of you all. Um, you were already achieving your goal. You know, you got three doors you said but like not the way you thought you were gonna have it but still it's it's something it's cash flow you got money yeah. coming in and that's where i want to be it's yeah. whether it's that way or the quadplex and preferably i would like to do the quadplex but if it happens yeah. in a different way i wouldn't mind either that's i want to touch on that so what do you think and you know mike your opinion as well um what's a good down payment what's a good down payment for a quadplex you know like 10 percent. yeah so that's going to depend on how you acquire and what the intended exit is going to be. Mm-hmm. So like in my case, um, I wanted to get a, a fourplex so that I can hold for a very long time because one of the reasons why like Marco doesn't do duplexes or fourplexes is because the resale value or the, the end sale value um, is hardly ever going to be full retail because who buys fourplexes and duplexes? investors right they're not gonna they're not gonna pay you full retail they're gonna negotiate and get you somewhere under because they need a return Mm -hmm. and and the same you know the the same applies on on uh the the philosophy of why you're doing it in the first place that's why as an investor you always need to have the end in mind what is your exit identify that before you ever start anything so for me my exit was a long-term hold. I didn't, I didn't care about selling it. So I was okay with qualifying with like an FHA loan or a traditional financing because, you know, it, in the state of Texas, it's the Trek one to four contract as considered single family residential. So a conventional loan or FHA loan uh, still applies to a fourplex, especially if you're going to be owner occupying it. So if you do FHA, that's like, what, 5%, 10%, depends on what you qualify for. Mm, yeah. Conventional, that can be 20%. Um, depends on, again, what your circumstances are, what kinds of you know, things you qualify for. Um, but that's something that you would see. Um, but aside from that, if you were to acquire a fourplex, let's say, um, through wholesaling, you could get it with a hard money loan. And... In that case, there is no down payment. You're buying it outright with a hard money loan. Now, the, I guess the equivalent to down payment would be cash to close. So how much cash do you need out of your personal account to be able to get that loan to buy that property? So, you know, I've seen deals where you can get a a decent property for a fix and flip or for a rental 
with as little as like three thousand or eight thousand dollars. So that would be, I guess, the equivalent of a down payment mm -hmm. to acquire that asset, and then you would fix it up, start getting some renters in there, and then at that point you refinance into an owner-occupied loan because with a hard money loan they can't lend to you if you're going to live in it, you know, because it's a it's a, it's a loan product for um, a investment asset. Mm. Interesting. And I think another thing I want to touch on, I think one of my goals that I'll add on, I eventually want to make a tiny home, like village or community mm -hmm. of like condos or like student housing or like something really cool, like a niche, uh, like for the downtown area. That'd be super cool. But another thing, uh, a van, a van house, you know what I'm talking about? Those <laughs> like super cool. Home? Yeah. Those, well, not like an actual like trailer, but yeah. those converted like buses, yeah. they look mm -hmm. like they full look scale. Really like yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like an RV, but RV. not <laughs> exactly the mini one where I can like those badass Mercedes vans, you <laughs> know, <laughs> exactly. Or I could have like a desk and a workstation and be like, you know what? Like Mike's situation, he's got three bedrooms. Who's to say he has to live in his house anymore? Right. We can live on the lot. Exactly. <laughs> That's smart. But yeah, you just move into your your tiny home in the back or your your van, and now you're like, okay, we're gonna go stay wherever we want, and now we got three occupied tenants. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'll make sure there's space for the dog in the car. You know. So like with your house, um, is there a way you can put meters on it to where you can actually have it three separate? Like a triplex? No, I wouldn't yeah. do it that oh, way. Because okay. um, the the way the house is constructed, there's like you, there's no way to add like a yeah. second or third entrance to oh, okay. it. Gotcha. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna stay that way. Gotcha. Um, and um, I don't know. I, I'm still undecided. I'm on the fence about mm -hmm. selling the house because if I sold it, I could tap into the equity and use mm -hmm. that. Uh, realistically, I could probably use those funds to get like a fourplex mm -hmm. and a rental. Oh. Um, but uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see because mm -hmm. if I keep it, then that's another rental property I have yeah. in my portfolio. So like that was that was the plan mm -hmm. um, for um, you know getting uh, building up our our capital so that we could get a fourplex, fix uh -huh. it up, rent out three <laughs> of the units, then we would move into one of the units and then still have our house and turn that into a rental, um, and then we would have four doors rented and. Basically, all both mortgages are paid for by the by the rental income, and um, but again, that just depends on your strategy. Because mm -hmm. if you do it that way, again with the fourplex and multifamily, smaller multifamily, if you sell, your equity position isn't as high as you would have with a single family residential, because you can fix that, you can sell it for full value on the open market, and you can capture all that equity, and that's the advantage of having the single family. Um, uh, residential homes um, and uh, that's that's kind of why like like my approach I want to do like duplex single family single family and then owner finance and then duplex single family single family owner finance and just repeat the process oh that's how that's the route you want to take as investing wise you want yeah. to do duplex first single yeah. family single family that owner finance oh okay. yeah that way I have uh, I can acquire one property for the price, uh, you know, one property with two to four doors for the the price of what it would cost for a single family home, mm -hmm. and cash flow multiple times over of what the single family is going to be producing, mm -hmm. 
but the single family is going to be there so that in case I need to sell, ah, I, I can sell. Oh, that's, right. that's a good and idea. And then I can take that money and like that. move it into the next asset, which um, if when I build up enough of them, then that asset that I want to own or finance, I could own it free and clear so that when I do own or finance, I can everything that's coming in is pure profit. Pure profit. And, and that's, that's the cash flow. Yeah. yeah. And then just keep repeating this, the process. Nice. I like that. I need to write that down. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I didn't think about that. Is that the bird strategy? No. In a sense, but in his okay. own way with jumping into a multi-universe. I like that a lot. I really like that. Okay. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, like, I, I wanted to do a, a duplex. Wasn't able to this year, but I still got two renters because I was renting out rooms in my house. Mm-hmm. So... That that's one approach, yeah, one that income, I one in. that I didn't think was going to happen, or you know, I had it was not not planned at all. Just kind of like, oh, this is the circumstance. We'll we'll figure it out. So who knows what's my stra- my 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 planned strategy is going to be versus the actual executed strategy. <laughs> you took a step into the direction you wanted to, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's all that matters. I kind of so want to sell my condo, saying. though. <laughs> yeah. I just bought it last year, but I kind of want to sell it. I want to sell it. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Just, uh, I don't know. It would have been cheaper if I would have got a house. I just got a condo because I live by myself. So. Yeah, and I know Marco's like really big on, on renting before owning so that you, as a renter, um, you as you're building your portfolio you know you mitigate the cost of your personal property right like right you live. Uh, and like well, that was one of the reasons though why i chose not to sell my house because like my wife and i have really good credit so like my mortgage is like substantially lower than what i would pay for rent like oh yeah like true. mortgage true. insurance taxes yeah. like maintenance on my own house like all of that added up is still cheaper than it would cost for me to rent somewhere. Yeah, that's so true. it's like financially that doesn't make sense for me yeah. to, yeah. to I agree, sell my especially house with the area that I'm in too. The rent's like kind of high, so I was like, that's kind of why I'm sitting there still. <clears throat> but yeah, we'll see. And you know, the 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 main thing is like, um, and again, because of my like time, my schedule, like I, that's why I'm focusing on on wholesaling apartments. Um, I think with the assignment fee on apartments and the time it takes to do them, it's like I can get one wholesale contract on apartments and that would be the equivalent of having done like six or seven deals up to that time in the same time frame. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but, awesome. but like I don't have the time to work six or seven deals, you know, it, over that, that same period of time. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think the other exciting thing for Hilco is, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, we had talked about um, creating a franchise operation or with network partners. And um, you know, at the when I first had that conversation with Marco, it was like, okay, well, we have one person who's interested in, in doing this, and we'll, we'll kind of figure it out as we go. And you know, we're we're still figuring it out as we go. Um, but I told Marco, like, you know, this thing has potential to really grow and expand like i think for this year for for 2019 my personal goal was to get five uh partners well we're calling them network park partners right now because we're not a fully established franchise so uh, i told marco that 
I know realistically my goal personally is I want to get five for Hilco. And as of two weeks ago, we have six. Nice. So like not only did we meet that goal, but we're a little ahead of it. And, and my personal goal for next year is to add an additional 10 and, and doing it in states that we don't already have those network partners in. Um, and I think that's going to be huge as well for, for operations and, and for growth, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yes, sir. But, Real quickly. So how, how um, do you plan on acquiring leads for apartments? Um, that's kind of tricky right now because um, it's not like you can like go onto MLS or it's not <laughs> yeah. like you can go into a Facebook group and be like, hey, who has a, you know, who knows of off-market apartments? apartments you know? <laughs> like, and pretty much everything that's out there is out there because it's being, it's already under contract or it's listed with a broker and they're marketing it. Um, so uh, what I started doing is driving for dollars. Just mm-hmm. going through neighborhoods that I, I've identified as B and C class neighborhoods okay. and seeing what apartment complexes are there and then uh, working backwards to skip trace and find the owners and reaching out to them, um, you know, doing the, the, I guess, the long, dirty legwork that, I mean, you, you would do that anyway with wholesaling, yeah. right? But you know, on single family homes. The only difference is with single family homes are typically owned by a person, not by a business entity. Mm-hmm. And you can skip trace a person. Yeah. But to skip trace a business entity, there's a couple extra steps and that's a little more difficult. Like especially if it's a corporation, because like with an LLC you can look up the business filings and see who the registered agent is and other associated people um, to that uh, that business entity or the, the property. But with a corporation, like the corporation technically is a legal person. It's considered, uh, under the tax code, it's considered a non-real person. So nobody owns a person. You can't own a person. So uh, it, you, to find out who is responsible or who that point of contact is is a little, is a little trickier. Um, but with, a, with an LLC, those are a little easier to find compared to a corporation. But compared to skip tracing... Uh, you know, Joe and uh, Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Joe, who's you know has a, a little house on the end of the street. You know, that's is not not quite the same process. Yeah. Okay. Going off of that, <clears throat> that that kind of brought up my attention to another goal I want to master is uh, building an LLC mm-hmm. and then purchasing properties with that LLC. Mm-hmm. Kind of learn the benefits of using an LLC versus my personal. You know information yeah no that's a that's a really great question and that's probably um there probably should be a couple of podcast episodes about that um because uh you know one of the things a lot of new investors don't think about is um the asset protection side of things um and again having an uh, experience as an investor you want to go into things with the end in mind so uh, in this case like most people are, are, are struggling and they're like, you know, grasping at straws, trying to find that deal to make themselves some money, mm-hmm. but they're not thinking about, okay, once I get that deal, how do I protect it? Mm-hmm. Or how do I keep that deal? Mm-hmm. You know, how do, how do I prevent someone else from coming in and like, you know, suing the crap out of me to take that deal? Or, you know, how, how do I protect that asset from giving me money on a monthly basis? 
Um, and that's where the LLCs come in, you know, and really the only, the only real benefit of an LLC is, um, preventing lawsuits in your personal name. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you have a renter, I don't know, fucking, they, they trip and break their arm and they Mm -hmm. sue you for, you know, personal injury or liability. Well, your LLC owns the property, not you. So they can't sue you personally, but they can sue the LLC. Right. And in very, very rare circumstances, it's not very common at all, will someone pursue what's called piercing the corporate veil. And that is where they the liability is enough that the uh, liability will transfer through the LLC to the owner or owners of the LLC. Um, and, and it's not very common. And in most cases, like I would say 99% of the cases, like the attorney who's, who's pursuing the litigation, first of all, attorneys want to get paid, right? And if they're suing you, they're suing you for your assets. And uh, if your LLC only owns one house and that house is worth like 120,000 and what they're pursuing is like a million, obviously you're, they're not going to get a million out of suing you. So most of the time, that's where it's going to stop. They're like, yeah, this guy has nothing. I'm not going to pursue it. Um, yeah, and, and most of the time, that's where uh, litigation ends up and it turns into more of a settlement. Mm-hmm. Um, because then that's where you negotiate and figure out what what can we do, what can't we do, whatever. Um, but uh, uh, from a tax perspective, um, really the only benefit of the LLC in, in that case is that you're operating as a business and you can, and there are certain tax incentives and write-offs that you can utilize uh, as a business that you can't as like a sole proprietor in your own name. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nice thing about real estate is that there are tons of tax benefits. So even if you own the real estate in your own name and you have it as a rental, there's tons of things you can do uh, tax-wise uh, to reduce your, your tax liability. Um, but if you wrap that into an LLC, there's additional benefits. But um, ultimately, when you get to a point where um, you know your portfolio has enough properties, then that's when you start to consider like the S corporation or a C corporation, which they both have their pros and cons, but both the S corp and the LLC are considered pass-through taxation entities. So you're still being taxed at the personal level, but you're reporting it uh, you're reporting all the business activity as a as you personally, whereas like a C corporation, the corporation again is a non-real person. So that person is getting taxed for everything it's doing, and if it if you're paying yourself from the C corporation, then you're only paying taxes on what you paid yourself because you're considered an employee of the business. So. Uh, and that's one of the downsides because that's what's called double taxation because the income the business generates gets taxed at the business. And if you pay yourself, then you get taxed at the ordinary income level. Mm-hmm. So whatever monies you're generating gets taxed first to the business, then it gets taxed again to you. Mm-hmm. So you're getting taxed twice technically. Um, but I mean, that could be a benefit. You yeah. Know? Interesting. And, and another 
reason why I bring that up is because <clears throat> I've been doing a lot of research into uh, business business loans, business credit lines. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, what if I apply my LLC to do a business loan and now I have the capital needed for my hard money lender or yeah. a cash property? Yeah. And as long as in six months it's going to be paid for or refinanced out, no biggie. Then I have that still business line of credit basically to just keep working for myself, you know? Yeah, yeah, and and that's good to have, but I think what, uh, especially for people who haven't done it before or they're just getting started, mm-hmm. um, the 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 downside to getting that set up is that yes, you can establish business credit as a as a new LLC, but it's all going to be based on you personally, mm-hmm. because um, most lenders who are going to provide the credit or provide the loan. Um, they're going to require um, like positive activity on the business. So if you're if you can show tax records of your LLC producing, I don't know, hundred thousand a year for three years consistently, then because the LLC has a um, uh, employee identification number, which is kind of like the social security but for a business, mm-hmm. then the business can solely be responsible for uh, for the lending. And then they'll the you know the bank will lend the loan or a credit card or a, you know credit account to the business, but you as a person would be like, I guess the equivalent is like a cosigner. Yeah. So like you're you're the guarantor that the business will be able to perform um, on on its payments. But if the business has a long enough track record of of regular consistent income and enough income then you may not have to even be involved at all. Um, but yeah, if you're starting out and you just like create your LLC like two months ago and then you go and apply for a business credit card, it's still going to be under your name, under your social, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a card for that business. Interesting. Nice. That's one of the goals. <laughs> and full disclaimer, I am not a CPA. I am not an attorney. So uh, <laughs> this is all just from like, personal experience and stuff I've done with other investors. So if you are listening to this and you have questions about how to get these things set up, what's appropriate for you um, and what the next step should be for you, uh, find a, a, a CPA or an, a tax attorney that can help you answer these questions uh, that are better for your particular situation. Um, but yeah, I think this was a interesting episode and it's a little different from what, what we normally do. And uh, we're coming up to the end of our time. Um, so last thing we're going to do is do our quick shout out to Longhorn Investments, who is uh, sponsoring um, the podcast and the Facebook live episodes of the Ask Wholesale show. So, Adriel, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, big shout out to Jade Flores with Longhorn Investments. She's a regional manager for the Central Texas region. Uh, Longhorn is established in several states across the U.S. as a hard money lender and your guide in investment property, investment real estate. Nice. So if you guys are just getting started or if you are an established investor in the uh, Central Texas, South Texas area, they're definitely great resources. Um, and uh, we will probably be using them for our own investments next year. Yes. Uh, so, so yeah, we're, we look forward to, to doing that. And um, uh, Jade and the team are, are really awesome to work with. Um, are there any uh, final remarks you guys want to put out there? 
let's write these goals down on paper. <laughs> <laughs> Very important, guys. Yeah. Let's go, 2020. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Deep Dive Hilco Homes podcast. Till next time. Bye.